everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins. And as always, I just want to thank those of you who subscribe to the podcast, those of you who tune in faithfully and leave comments, share with friends. We love hearing from you. And this season has been so special because it's been all about the power of your story. I believe that there's this supernatural power that is released when we share the testimonies of what God has done in our lives. It brings vision for other people's lives and and it actually brings victory in our own, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, last week we heard an incredible story from Greg and Julie Gorman. They are authors and speakers, marriage coaches, and they're the founders of Married for a Purpose. It's a ministry that equips couples to live purpose-focused in their marriage. And if you miss that episode, make sure you go back and check it out. Greg and Julie shared their story of how God turned their mess in their marriage into a message for His glory. And that message is being shared with thousands. They also shared so much wisdom about how to create common ground in all of our relationships, whether you're single, whether you're married, we can all learn to find unity even through our differences. Well, today I'm very excited because I have two of my favorite people with me. And you guys know that one of my favorite things to do is introduce my favorite people to my favorite people. And so they're here to share their stories and to really unpack this last week's episode. I have our community pastor from our Trinity campus here in South Florida, Kate Chakowit. You got it. Did you I got get it. it? Yep. You I got, got it. it. Yeah, okay. Got I was it. like, I've slaughtered it many times. Did I really get it? Chakovich. Yeah, she said is. I got it. You got it. Didn't I didn't that, actually the I first time I got it all said. wrong. And I you are you so it. gracious. Thank you. See, that's full of already grace. lesson one from Kate. She's so gracious. Okay. <laughs> it's just a hard <laughs> last name. It's just a hard last name. I know that. Chakovich. I was all nervous. That's what it was. It was just the jitters. I was just nervous. Okay. You got it. So I've also got Melissa Miller here and I got her name right. Yeah. right? <laughs> and Melissa, um, you may not know this, but she is our podcast producer and she's a writer here at Christ Fellowship. And I'm excited to have you on the other side of the microphone. But I just thought just to get the conversation started, I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit about your story. So Kate, why don't you kick us off? I I did tell you, Pastor Julius, it's an open-ended question. So anything (laughs) could come out at this point. But what do you want to know? Um, I think here's the thing. I'm from Wisconsin, so I love cheese. I feel like I have to say that. Wisconsinites, we love cheese. (laughs) I loved donuts. I love brunch. I guess I love to eat. That's something to know about me. But I'm just super passionate about what God is doing in the church and and coming alongside and what He's invited us into. And I love being here in South Florida. I've not been here for super long. And so I'm adjusting to the heat and the humidity and big curly hair. But um, (laughs) I just love God, love people, and love to eat. I love that. (laughs) And I love that because I love to eat with you. So it's great. (laughs) So Melissa, a little bit about you and your family. Love to hear a little bit of your story. Yeah, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Oregon. And so no cheese, but we have lots of trees. Okay. But I've been married for 19 years almost. And we have five kids. Two of them we adopted from foster care about a year and a half ago. 
And I love the church as well and my role here. And I love playing pickleball. And I just dream of the day that I'm better than my husband and can beat him on the court. So Great. Kate, do you play pickleball? I do play. Okay. So I see like a, yeah. (laughs) I do dabble. I think there's a little competition brewing here. I have faith in you, Melissa. You'll beat him. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, hearing from Greg and Julie Gorman last week was so good. And I'd love to hear from you what you really took away from what they shared and how maybe you could relate to God turning a mess into a message. Kate, why don't you kick us off? That's great. And it was, like you said, an incredible episode. And I think um, I just want to encourage the single, the singles out there who listen to a podcast about marriage, this is for you too, because there's so much gold to learn and glean from when it comes to relationships. And something that really stuck out to me, I believe it was Julie, she talked about it when she said, just because I was a Christian, didn't mean, right, that mm-hmm. there was this automatic peace and unity and ease in my marriage. Or for me, it would be in relationships with friends and coworkers. And I think that's such a, a powerful truth. And it's kind of convicting as well. And I was just thinking about it. And I thought about how God created us and desires for us to be in relationship with Him and others. Like we are created to be in relationship. And so what would the enemy, he would love nothing more than to be an overdrive to try to bring disunity into our relationships. He was going to try to disrupt uh, the ease in our relationships. And I think knowing this, we as Christ followers have to be overtly aware of this, that we are going to bring things into relationships. And we're on a sanctification process, right? And a relationship is a really great place and space to see where God wants to work on me where God wants to show me things, where Holy Spirit wants to show me where I need to be pruned, where I need to grow. Um, And I I think I've seen this in my own life um, in relationships because I grew up in a a home, talking about a mess, I grew up in a home that would be identified as broken. It would be identified as um, dysfunctional. And part of that dysfunction and that brokenness was words anger. There was a lot of anger. There were a lot of words that were spoken that would tear me down, right? That would not be edifying and uplifting. And so because of that, I I began to take that on and I could see how in relationships, I was not trusting of people. I could see that I was non-confrontational in any and all relationships because I was fearful of anger and rejection and words being spoken that weren't going to be kind. And I also would run from anything that didn't feel good in a relationship. I was like running the other direction and I saw myself wanting to earn love, always trying to earn love in relationships. And that's not a healthy way (laughs) to go into (laughs) any relationship. But I've seen God now, especially in the last several years of my journey, take that and do a work and take that mess and, and create it into a message. And here's the thing, it takes work. In my own life, I've seen how that takes work. It took several years of being in a godly community. It took incredible mentors along the way. It took me being plugged into the local church and not just attending, but being in the house of God regularly and uh, serving. And it took professional counseling for me as well. But um, on the other side of all that, I was able to give an eviction notice to the enemy and say, I am no love longer it. unworthy of Come love. On. I am no longer going to fear confrontation. I'm no longer going to run away from hard things and relationships because God created me to be relational. God, And that's something that I've seen turn in the message. I'm highly relational. You are. like I love people <laughs> and I love having fun. I love having friends. I love pouring into people. 
And something that I've seen God really turn is that um, I just love speaking life into people. Um, and it's not just the gift of exhortation that he's given me. I love to champion people because I know because of my mess, I know the power of words in relationships. And he's been able to take that. And I'm able to write a different story beautiful. now with how I enter into relationships. So. That is beautiful. Yeah, that's powerful. I think for me, I can really relate to the broken part of your story and the broken childhood situation. Julie and Greg are actually a big part of why we moved out here all the way um, from the West Coast to Florida. And so I just love them and I love their heart and their vulnerability and that they're the same people on stage that they are off stage. And so one of the things that uh, that Julie said was she said that that God was going to take the very place that was going to disqualify her and turn that into the mm -hmm. very platform that she would stand on. And I feel like that's been how my story has played out because I thought that having that broken childhood, having the brokenness in my past would disqualify me from having a good family and a good future. And I just remember those thoughts that would circulate in my head of, I'm going to repeat. How can I not repeat if I haven't been given an example? And I thought that that would disqualify me. And my mom actually really tragically got involved in a drug addiction that spiraled out of control. And so about a week before my 17th birthday, that man, because of his actions, it led to her death. Mm. And so I'm sitting here and I'm trying to process wow. all of this because this was one of the most wanted men in the state of Oregon at the time. And so she just got in too deep with a really dangerous man. And I'm processing all of this. And we didn't have God in my vocabulary growing wow. up. We, mm. I didn't know there was a New Testament and Old Testament. Mm. I didn't know anything about how to pray. And so... You know, processing that without God was very difficult. I didn't know, where did she go? She's gone, so where did she go? And so I had a lot of questions, and I remember sitting at my my dad's kitchen table at the time, and I felt the urge for the first time in my life to pray a prayer and to, to pray to God. And I didn't really know exactly what that meant or even how to do it. So I finally just prayed this really broken, heartfelt prayer, like, God, I am so broken right now, and I don't know if you're real. And full disclaimer, I don't know if God always answers the like, show me a sign prayer, but I just think he met me where I was at in that moment. And I was like, just show me a sign that everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, tears falling on the table. I'm a mess. But my prayer was probably no longer than 30 seconds. And at that moment, my dad's truck pulled up in the driveway and I'm wiping my tears off because I don't want him to see me in my hot mess. And he has this stack of mail. So my mom died um, a week before the end of March, and this is mid-April at the time after her funeral. And so he comes in with a stack of mail and he has one pink envelope and he puts it down in front of me and says, I'm sorry, I forgot to give this to you. It, it got sent to my office somewhere and he walks away with the other. There was no return address on it, so he didn't know what it was. And so I opened it up and it was a Valentine's card. So back from February, a Valentine's card from my mom. Wow. So the very first time I prayed my prayer, I open it up and it says, I know we don't always see things eye to eye, but we always see them heart to heart. And mm -hmm. I love you. And I'm so proud of you. And I still get a little choked up every mm -hmm. time I share that yeah. story because it was the moment I didn't know who God was. I didn't know it was Jesus. It took me a while to figure that out and piece all that together. It wasn't until college that I was able to do that. But that was the moment that God showed me he was real and he was in my mess, in the pain. And he wasn't shying away from that. And what's beautiful now is to fast forward through, you know, now I have these kids that we adopted from foster care. And 
there's been so many times that I've been able to take that mess mm -hmm. and turn it into a message to them because there's so much that I can relate to about what they've been through. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to lose a parent. I know what it's like to feel like you have a broken home or to feel like you're nervous that you're going to repeat those behaviors or you know, have these questions. And I didn't want to be the best person for the job, but it turns out I am. And I felt that from the Holy Spirit in so many moments, like this is what I've prepared you for. This is your your platform, your stage is, is for these two little ones. Yeah. And so it's been definitely a mess into a message. Wow. I'm a little speechless right now mm -hmm. because there are parts of your story I didn't even know. And just to hear you share that and um it is so true. God is so faithful to meet us where we're at. And, you know, for both of you, I, I just wrote a, a few things down because I think there's some people out there who might be in a mess right now and they can't even see the message. But, you know, the journey from a mess to a message, first of all, is a journey <laughs> and it takes time. Right. Yeah. But I think it starts, Melissa, with what you said. It starts with an invitation to invite God into your mess, whatever that looks like for you to even a, a sloppy, messy, mm -hmm. theologically incorrect <laughs> way, invitation, you know, a theologically incorrect invitation yeah. to um, to invite him into the problem because he will meet you where you're at. And then being able to get in godly community and, and it might yeah. take counseling. But I, I really believe that this was God's plan, you know, to, to make the journey, yeah. time, an invitation, community, mm -hmm. and allow God to do his work, what he does best. That's Amazing. You know, one of the things Greg and Julie talked about that was so powerful is how they learned to build common ground. And even though they differed and even butted heads in their parenting styles, they learned how to focus on what they had in common, their desired outcome together, and realize that it wasn't all about one person being right and the other person being wrong. It was about finding out what they agreed on at a higher level and then beginning to to work in that direction. So that was such practical advice for any relationship. Have you been able to find common ground um, in a relationship with someone maybe that you disagreed with and or, or who was different from you? Yeah, I think when uh, when Greg said every couple has their reoccurring topic, I think for me, I didn't have to think more than like two seconds to know what our reoccurring topic was. And I think all the listeners out there who are in a marriage relationship, you know what your topic is, right? You know what your topic is that you just have to be a little careful around that one and and, and approach it with a lot of grace. And so uh, for us, I think the, the biggest thing that has helped me is uh, not placing a label of permanent. This is permanent. This is always going to be this way. We're never going to agree on this. This is never going to change. And placing those always and, and never permanent labels on something that could be a temporary disagreement or a temporary difference. I mean, if you think about how different you are from five years ago or 10 years ago, I have different opinions than I did back then, or my husband might have different opinions. And you just never know the work that the Holy Spirit is doing behind the scenes. And to not label something as permanent or put a period where God wants to put a comma. And so I think that that is helpful because it's we're speaking the language of hope. And Romans talks about how we serve the God of hope. And we need to be able to align ourselves with that language of hope. And so I think they talked about speaking life over each other. But we also need to speak life over the situation and over those obstacles that we come across that feel insurmountable. And Whenever we feel stuck and we feel like we're on different pages, there's that story in John chapter 5 about the man who he's paralyzed and and Jesus comes to him and asks him if he wants to be healed. And he tells Jesus, uh, well, there's no way 
there's no way because there's no one to carry me to the waters. There's no way because when I get there, I get pushed out of the way. And he just tells them all the reasons why there's there's no way. And I feel like we can kind of get stuck in that trap as well. There's no way we're going to agree. There's no way that we're going to find a way through. There's no way we're going to be able to communicate about this. And it's so funny because Jesus, he finds a way, right? He just right. bypasses all of those obstacles that he sees or all those natural routes that this man had had been able to see. And so I think it's important for us to know that just because we can't see a way through right now doesn't mean that God doesn't have a way through. And he is in the business, right, of looking at a barricade and making a byway, looking at a mountain and moving it. And so we have to just be able to, to know that it's okay to be in the messy middle right now. It's okay to not be navigating a certain topic fully, but just remembering to speak hope and to speak life and just allow room for the Holy Spirit to grow you, to grow your partner, or maybe it's a coworker, or a family member, or a friend. Um, we just sometimes put an end to those relationships far too soon without giving room for the Holy Spirit to work. That's so great, Melissa. And I, I'm just going to go right, piggyback right off of that with the Holy Spirit, because when I was thinking about this question, Pastor Julie, when you asked it, the first thing that came to my mind was Holy Spirit. We can't do this yeah. without Holy Spirit. We can try to do it without Holy Spirit, but really the the secret sauce in trying to find common ground or in trying to... Um, have respect and, and that mutual ground with someone is got to be, are we asking Holy Spirit for his eyes? Are we asking for what to say, what not to say? Yes. Um, and, you know, for a girl who has known Jesus for the majority of her life since I was a little girl, it is it is crazy to me that I don't invite Holy Spirit into these kinds of things when it comes to relationship more often, because I'm not married at this point, but I do have a roommate. And I was thinking, man, how would how, how what would she tell me how I would answer? Like, Kate, hey, what are you going to say to this? You know, or I have a family um, that doesn't know Jesus. My family doesn't know Jesus, so there's a lot of times, just even in the family dynamics, where they know that we're not going to see eye to eye on things. But I have to remember that for them, how I approach a disagreement, how I approach the relationship, that's going to be their image of Jesus because they know that I follow Jesus. So the way that I respond is going to be how they see Jesus. And so I need to practice more. And this is for myself, just asking Holy Spirit in those moments, in those those relational tension moments, in those moments where we want to be right, in those moments where we think that they're off their rocker, that I would just pause and say, literally, Holy Spirit, what am I to say? What am I not to say? And I can promise you, He's always going to show you. We just have to ask. So it, it's so practical, but it's so powerful that in relationships and finding common ground that, and it's not just like a one and done thing. You know, sometimes it's like every four seconds, we're like, okay, now Holy Spirit, what do I need to say? What do I right. not need to say? You know, like it's it's not a vast once and and now it's good because there's always these ebbs and flows in, in relationship. And um, I was also thinking too, in context of this question, Melissa, while you were talking that, um, our relationship with Jesus, our personal relationship, the most important relationship in our life is going to be the overflow of how we engage in all relationships, both yeah. easy and hard. And when we get bumped, what's in us is what's going to come out. So when we get bumped in, in tension in a relationship, is the fruit of the Spirit going to come out or is it going to be something else, you know? And so I think practically speaking, you know, that we need to make sure that as we are wired and built to be in relationship with others, that first 
we are built and created to be in relationship with God. So I, I have seen in my own life that when it comes to if I feel like I'm disagreeing with, you know, a, a roommate or, or friends or coworkers that I'm making sure that I'm spending time with Jesus, that he's transforming me, that I'm spending time with him, looking more like him, talking more like him, seeing like him, and then just inviting Holy Spirit um, into into how I respond and how I navigate that conversation. So I love that. You know, early on in Todd and my marriage, we um, we came up with this phrase because both of us really like to be right. <laughs> so we have a, a phrase in our house that sometimes you can be so right, you're wrong. Mm. And when you're talking about, you know, moving forward and finding common ground, it's not about standing your ground, Mm -hmm. it's about creating common ground. And sometimes it's more important, you know, it's it's much more important that um, that we don't try to make a point, Mm -hmm. but we put that energy into making a way forward. So don't try to make a point, make a way. And um, and this is this is so vital in all of our relationships, but especially those that we are doing life with that Mm -hmm. we have long-term relationship with, you know, because this these are the things that could keep your story from moving forward when these roadblocks come up. So that was so great. You know, for all of us, I think that God wants to use the biggest messes and the the lessons along the way to be able to prepare us for future chapters of our story, right? That that he will use every chapter, every painful point to prepare us for the next and prepare us for the people that we're going to encounter along the way. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about how we go from glory to glory that we're being transformed in the image of Christ. And our testimonies aren't always what God's going to do for us, but it's what he's going to do in us and then later on through us. It, it says in you know Romans 8.28 that he is working all things together for his good that to those who are called according to his purpose. He's he's always making us more like him and he is always working things together. Um, but sometimes we don't realize this until we're looking in the rearview mirror. And so how have you found this true in your own lives? That looking in the rearview mirror, that he's taking you from glory to glory and he is working all things together. It's a great question. I mean, part of why we know God is faithful is because we pause and we look back. That's why we look back so that we can see God's faithfulness. And I can look back to my childhood um, and I can see the brokenness and the dysfunction there. And, and kind of like what I've already shared, I've seen how he's turning that into a message. And I think if I look just back, not even 10 years ago, um, something that a lot of people don't know about me is that I went through this health journey in my mid-20s where, I mean, physically I was stripped of my health, um, you know, hospitalized, feeding tube for a week. Um, so you see... Me now, full of energy, you know, vibrant, let's go play pickleball, let's play basketball, you know, all of those things. But there was this season in my life, not even 10 years ago, where I literally could not physically do anything. And um, and what I realized in that season, um, looking back, is that God cares about me as a whole person. He cares about me as a whole person. And when our physical health gets taken away from us, it can seem like I can't go on. But God was showing me that in that season that although my physical health was not where it needed to be, he was actually working on my spiritual, my mental, and my emotional health in that season. And I can go back and I can see that I I feel as if I was slowed down for that season, not as a punishment, but I feel like he was saying, Kate, 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 you've been so busy doing my work. I just want to spend time with you. 
And I look back and I can see how in that season when physically I was slowed down, that there was this invitation from Holy Spirit to just come to be, to rest in Him. And as you know, my physical health started to turn back to where it needed to be, I saw how my mental and my spiritual and my emotional health was getting stronger as well. And I had no idea that really at the end of that, that journey f- with my physical health, that God was going to do something super transform, like transformational, right? He was going to move me across the country. I was about to step into ministry that I didn't even know was possible for me to experience, but I had to look back and see what was he doing in that season. That was all him preparing me. And if I wouldn't have embraced that season, if I would have just written it off or said, I don't know, this is ridiculous. I don't want to be in this mess. I, I hate this. But I just heard Holy Spirit so clearly say to me, Kate, you can either get through or you can grow through. You can get through. And, gr- and those are two different postures that we can take yeah. in whatever mess we find ourselves in. Are we going to put our head down and just try to get through it? Or are we going to look up and say, how can how can I grow through this? And I think just that posture in that season um, helped show me a lot of things about what God wanted to do from the inside out. So as I was healing from the outside, he was doing already that that work on the inside. And it prepared me to step into some of the things, like I said, that I couldn't have even dreamt of um, in that season. So it was hard. Like it was a hard couple of years. Um, and I was, yeah, I was special. I'll just say that I was special <laughs> in a lot of ways. I was going to say ugly. I was ugly, but, um, but now just looking back, I, I'm grateful for that season, not to ne- negate the tough and the hard in that, but I'm so grateful, um, that he, that he was near, that he was speaking, that he was healing me as a whole person. Um, so great. And that he saw something in you that you couldn't even see in yourself. He saw your future. He saw who you were supposed to be, yeah. and he just kept speaking into that. He is so relentless that yeah. way. The Holy Spirit is so relentless yeah. this way that he just doesn't leave us where we're at, Right. that he transforms us more in the likeness of Jesus yeah. so that we can carry his message in us and, and through us. So, yeah. Melissa. Yeah, I think for a long time after I had come out of that brokenness, I just didn't want to talk about it or acknowledge it. I wanted to be normal and Mm -hmm. have, you know, never have to answer questions about my complicated family. But that's kind of like coming out of a burning building and just letting everyone else who is still in that situation just, I don't really want to help those people. Mm -hmm. I just want to go do my thing. And so God really had to do a work in my heart of just acknowledging that I am an overcomer and that I have a testimony to share and that there is a story in that of overcoming. It was actually in college when my roommate would make the most delicious banana bread. And I tried making it and it didn't turn out at all like hers. And I wondered what the what the difference was. And she said, well, did you let the bananas get brown? And I said, oh, what do you mean brown? And she said, well, did you let them get to the point where they look like they're going to go bad, like they're going to be rotten? And I was like, no, of course I didn't. And she said, well, that's actually the secret mm-hmm. to really good banana bread. And uh, it just kind of made me think about how that's kind of what God does with the, the, the rotten parts of our story or the places that we just don't think are usable. And he takes those and uses that as a secret ingredient to make something so amazing and so beautiful. And I think that was the moment that the Holy Spirit just used that analogy as a way to show me that these parts of my story that 
I thought were supposed to be hidden so that I could walk away and just be normal. Uh, those were the parts that he wanted to use as the secret ingredients to help other people. And now uh, that I know what my kids have been through and the things that they've walked through and the way that God is able to speak that message to them, I can see that those are the ingredients that he's using to speak life and victory for them and for their future. I love that. I love that. Wow. So powerful. Both of you, um, just such a powerful testimony of God's plan and purpose, even through the painful journey that you had to walk through. Um, you know, Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Mm -hmm. And both of you have testimonies, right? Testimonies of Jesus' transformative work that is actually, it's a God message that could actually change someone's future, mm -hmm. right? It could actually speak and impart faith into someone's journey right where they're at. And that's what we're praying for in this whole episode, that these testimonies would impart courage. They would impart faith. They would, you know, they would impart hope because both of you, like you said, these were not testimonies that happened in a minute. Mm -hmm. They were testimonies that took time, but he he redeems the time in such powerful ways. Thank you so much for sharing your story and unpacking the powerful message of last week's episode. Okay, so for both of you guys, we all have chapters in our stories or maybe prayers that we prayed when we look back that are actually cringeworthy or make us laugh. So I would love to hear maybe a prayer that you're thankful God didn't answer or a part of your story that might be a little cringeworthy for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Well, I definitely can look back and laugh on uh, on this prayer, but we are really big into names with our children, like names have meanings and what you're speaking over your child every day is, is powerful. And so uh, with our second child, we named him Bishop and it meant leader and we loved that name and we loved that meaning at the time, but you have to be careful what you pray for, right? Because we're praying for him to be a leader, for him to be valiant, for him to be strong, for him to be you know fierce and all these things for the kingdom. Um, but that made a very strong-willed toddler. So <laughs> I just look back and laugh on that. But the funny thing is with our third child, I remember thinking, okay, what are we going to name her? Let's let's name her something that means like peace, harmony. Like we need, we need a little breather here from the strong-willed. <laughs> so her name literally means refreshment. So we just look back on that and laugh and I just love think that. like, be careful what you pray for. That's great. You're going to get it. <laughs> That's good. That's great. The first thing that came to my mind was mm -hmm. actually that I would be a Broadway star. Right. Whoa. But I don't know yet that I'm fully okay that he hasn't answered that prayer. So <laughs> he might. He keep, might. It, there's might, still time. I can see it. There's still time. You can you're see on a journey. Uh, that is true. Who knows? Watch out. No. Um, but thinking about this question, the prayer that I prayed that I actually am super grateful that he didn't answer. And I feel like this might be a shocker, but stick with me. Hold on. Is that I didn't find someone and marry someone in my 20s. I prayed all through my 20. I mean, I went to a Christian college. It was the ring by spring thing. It was like, get married. And that is a <laughs> desire of my heart to be to be a wife, to be a mom. And I prayed in my 20s, like, Lord, where, where is he? You know, like, but I look back and we're talking about looking back. I look back and I'm so grateful he didn't answer that prayer then because I had no idea who I was. I had no idea who I was. My identity was in being a college basketball player. My identity was being in the life of the party. My identity was this. My, and it wasn't in who God created me to be. And I look back and my 20s are marked by growth, marked by um, change, marked by a solidifying of who God's created me to be. And I know that he knows me enough and he cares about me enough that if I were to be in a relationship, I think in my 20s, I would have assumed an identity that wasn't mine. 
I would have not been ready, probably would have entered into a, a relationship with a lot of a lot of junk that could have been prevented. So I'm actually really grateful for that. Um, but now I'm 34 and I'm like, Lord, where is he? I'm ready. <laughs> Don't you think like after hearing parts of my story, like I'm ready, right? Like I, I've, I've grown, I've been pruned, like, so I'm ready now. So now I can't, I'm just going to say we're still praying for it. It's still a prayer that I right. know he's going to answer. Right. And he is. And yes. he is. And it could come through, and you know, could. one of our listeners out there. You never know. <laughs> you never it's know. It. We'll it just could. leave it there. We'll leave it there. Okay. Yep. That's, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> I have all sorts of things I want to say, but we'll just leave it there. But I'm grateful that that prayer wasn't answered in that season of my life because I see it as his his care for me. So. Beautiful. Well, Kate and Melissa, thank you so much for sharing your stories and unpacking last week's episode. Hey, ladies, don't forget, we would love to hear your God story, too. So check out the show notes for information on how you can share this with us. And um, also, Melissa, I wanted to mention that you talked about banana bread, and I thought you should put your recipe for banana bread in the show notes <laughs> okay. as a reminder okay. of what your what your testimony is all about. That would be really a great reminder of today's episode. But um, you know, you guys have been sending in your stories and I want you just to hear one of the stories from Deborah from our Royal Palm campus. She said it's also known as the Fun Campus. Shout out to Royal Palm. Um, but Melissa, why don't you read a little bit of that story? Yeah, she says, in 2010, I was diagnosed with an extremely early stage of breast cancer. The doctor said cancer, but God said, I can. Through this journey of a mastectomy, four rounds of chemo, and five years of an oral chemo drug, not once did I question God. Others questioned my faith, my positive spirit, and even if I was really dealing with it. But God used my journey in two ways. First, to show what faith looks like, my faith. Second, after my recovery, I was able to encourage fellow Christians about speaking words of faith when you're in good health to living words of faith when you're not. So, wow. Thank you, Deborah, for sending in that story. That was powerful. And, you know, you know, we never know how much faith is in us until like the pressure is on. And so I love that she was able to to come out on the other side with the great faith. Yeah, I love that story. So thank you for sending that in. And, you know, it made me think about how amazing Deborah's faith is. And I really believe that Deborah probably has the gift of faith because yeah. I've walked through far lesser trials. Yes. And I have had questions. And I just want yes. our listeners to know that um that if you're walking through a trial and you don't have Deborah's faith, you need to get around some people. This is why <laughs> our testimonies are so powerful and why community is so important because yeah. I really believe that, you know, that Deborah, your story is a story of a gift of faith and that when we actually share our story, we can impart that gift into others. So make sure that you find someone that has that mountain moving faith because that word testimony means to repeat return and do it again. And that's what our testimonies do. They speak vision into somebody else's story. So this has been so good and such a great conversation. And thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next week on the So Good Sisterhood podcast. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, sogoodsisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. Good.